Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm the OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, are the stalwart Travis Milton. You can find on Twitter at dash 37 board 27 and then Instagram and other places too, of course, because he's always showing off his shoes and Josh Conrad, who has a, a shoe collection coming on himself. You can mm. find on Twitter dash uh, at dash at Josh underscore Conrad guys, mm. the jets beat the third string led Miami dolphins at home. I mean, it's still a pretty good offense. How are we feeling about this game after week five? The Jets are uh, – they have a winning record, right? When was the last time they had a winning record? That's, it feels that's, like a long time. So if you if you win one game and then you win a second game and then a third game, <laughs> that's called the winning streak, and right, it has right. happened before. Wow. I don't remember but, when, though. Yeah. If I, I win one game when. and that one game tells two games and then those two games tell two more games, right? Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I guess just to just to say off the off the top, obviously, you know, we want to couch any excitement um, that we saw in this game based on you know the team uh, and you know not being led by Tua, who was having a you know super stellar season to this point uh, before his um, his concussion issues. Um, but first play of the game, Teddy Bridgewater, who's a pretty able backup, gets knocked out of the game. Um, on the Sauce Gardner blitz, uh, corner corner blitz, they get the safety, and then in comes Skylar Thompson. Uh, Skylar Thompson, yeah, who was the uh, who's like a darling of the preseason, but you know, still an undrafted rookie quarterback. Um, I mean, Thompson played pretty well. I would say he acquitted himself well, but you know, facing that team, uh, facing the Jets, and facing most notably Brees Hall, like, I mean, you know, it was it was kind of a 
you kind of could see things going this way. Um, but so many good things to unpack. Uh, Josh, I'm going to let you start. Where do you want to start with what you saw from the team yesterday? My goodness, you know, just defensively, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to leave all the meat on the bone of the offensive line play for, for Travis to <laughs> just go completely nuts. Five rushing touchdowns. That's all you, buddy. Um, you've been waiting a long time, but, um, I, man, defensively, Carl Lawson, I don't know if you guys realize this, um, after, after five games in the NFL, um, this season, um, Nick Bosa leads the league with 16 quarterback hits. Third on that list is Micah mm. Persons with 12. And in second place is our Carl Lawson uh, with 14. Wow. We're seeing the, the Carl Lawson sons happening before our very eyes. Um, I am I am thrilled with the way that guy's playing. Sauce, obviously, first career interception. The Quinnen play, you know, just stiff-arming Tyreek Hill back to a state without any state taxes. Felt really good. <laughs> um, just punked him. I feel like we just punked him. And, you know, I know we're on – they're, they're down to a third third string quarterback with the spotter rule with um, the early hit on, on Teddy Bridgewater. But, um, man, what a dominant performance. Um, thinking that we were coming into this game, having to deal with Waddle and Tyreek Hill um, and leaving with those guys combined under, under 100 yards receiving. My goodness, what a defensive showing from our guys. I felt that felt – I mean, I, it went from kind of close game. We were texting kind of throughout third quarter – Things get a little bit dicey, and then you kind of go away for a minute and come back, and we're back up by two scores um, very early in the fourth quarter and then tack another one on at the end for good measure. But, man, I don't know the last time we even scored a 40-burger. So I am mm-hmm. I am happy, happy offensively and pretty happy defensively. Some stuff to clean up, and obviously things that, you know, down the road could be a problem. But, um, man, happy to come out of that with a seemingly convincing victory. Yeah. Travis, what what did you think about what you saw from the team um, the play there yesterday. I mean, yeah, obviously shut down the um, the wide receivers. The uh, you know not shut down, but you know definitely um, incapacitated the, the wide receivers yesterday from Miami. Um, and then you know some some dominant play on the offensive side of offense. Jets. What what stood out to you um, on defense? Like uh, obviously the corners played a great game. Uh, some some little ticky tack freaking. Uh, uh, PIs, but uh, Quan Alexander was the dude that freaking set out for me. I mean, he was all over the place mm-hmm. on defense. But you know, I, I just want to just want to sing the praises of five guys that did not shit the bed yesterday. Um, right, five guys. Five I guys didn't shit the bed. I didn't. Yeah. Are we going to sing my praises? <laughs> <laughs> um, the offensive line, man. They. Uh, that that was a, that was probably the best showing I've seen from a Jets offensive line in a long time. Nate Herbeg, zero pressures, uh, held his own uh, right guard, uh, and Elijah Vera Tucker. Man, like I'm sorry, like I, I, every single person that talks shit about that draft pick should be eating their words right now. I know some people on Twitter are doubling down, but. Uh, I mean, the dude has legit switched positions on the offensive line. He's played three spots this year. In the past three weeks, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. Uh, completely different stances. Like, there's so much to it. And, uh, I mean, yesterday he allowed zero sacks, zero hits, zero hurries. Uh, the first time he's played that position in the NFL. Um, luckily, I mean, he, he did – bounce around a little bit on the line uh at uc or usc um 
but I mean, that, that doesn't, I'm, I'm sorry, that doesn't translate. Yeah, this is still a different so, level. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah. You know, bouncing around on the, on the line on an NFL team. Um, yeah, I can't sing that dude's praises enough. I mean, uh, when you, when you guys see me this weekend, I'll definitely rock in a 75 jersey. Thanks for listening to Play Like a Jet. Just want to remind you that there's plenty of time for you to go over to prizepicks.com and make your daily fantasy entries on their player projections. This past Sunday, I recommended going with Corey Davis to get more than his projected 31 yards. He got 38. I recommended going with Tyler Conklin to get more than his projected 30 yards. Unfortunately, he got way less than that. He got zero. Hopefully, Conklin rebounds. I suggest going with Corey Davis again. He tends to beat his player projection almost every week over at prizepicks.com. You might want to ride the hot hand, though. Perhaps you want to go with Brees Hall, who's coming off an amazing game against the Miami Dolphins as the Jets head into Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. Either way, make sure you go to prizepicks.com using the promo code PLAJ and get in on the action because it's a lot of fun and it's really easy. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. You can do football, NFL, college football. You can do basketball, NBA, college basketball, NASCAR, UFC, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's promo code PLAJ at prizepix.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Seeing this line have some sort of cohesion, um, you know, obviously they're starting, you know, they've had a, a lot of injuries uh, to this point that have gotten them to this place. But, you know, it, it you know, Dwayne Brown coming back and playing 100% of all the offensive snaps, you know, that was certainly a steadying influence for this group. And then, right, you've got, um, you know, Vera Tucker, uh, you know, playing soundly. And so it's hard to, it's hard to not feel good about what this group could be if they can get more healthy as the season goes on. Cause it's kind of like, can you get worse, you know, from what we saw last week, uh, week four, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I guess, I guess it could, but you know, hopefully you get Mitchell back at some point, you get some of the players back. And so you, you can really start to build on success. And then, so to think about, you know, the, the guys they had rolling out there yesterday and we've talked a little bit about Brees Hall, but, you know, Brees Hall almost puts up 200 yards total. Um, I mean, he, he kind of should have had three touchdowns on the day. If I'm, if my math is correct there, check me if I'm oh, wrong. Oh yeah, he should have had three instead of one. Yeah. Instead of one, but he gets one, um, but he still does it with 200 yards. And I mean, this is the reason that you draft a guy in the second round as a running back, you know, who is one of the most talented running backs that we've seen, you know, in the last few years to, you know, to come out of the the draft uh, through the draft process clearly was, you know, a very talented player coming to this team. And that is exactly the kind of player that the Jets needed is they needed someone to take the pressure off Zach Wilson so that he can just put it in the belly of the running back and know that he's going to get, you know, if they need one yard, he's going to get two or three. If they need, you know, if it's first and 10, he could get, you know, five to 17 yards, like, you know, whatever the situation is, uh, you know, he's someone who can kind of wheel out and, you know, catch a pass and, you know, take it, take it upfield. I mean, you know, it was a 79 yard pass yesterday. So yep. like, you know, this is, this is a multi-dimensional, multi-talented player. I like Michael Carter fine. Um, but Brees Hall is so much better than Carter. Um, you know, of course it's only been a matter of time before, you know, Brees would kind of, take the lion's share of this offense. And, you know, it's good to know that, hey, we have a player for the next couple of years behind Brees that is a capable, competent player who can, you know, who's a um, a great, you know, in-space back who can, you know, catch a pass and can, you know, get some get some yards. But, you know, but by and large, you know, this is the sort of thing that, that Zach Wilson, he just did not, he could not trust this person to, this, to the same degree he can to an emerging uh, Brees Hall. So, in addition to everything we've, you know, said already, you know, yeah, I thought Brees Hall had an amazing game, um, you know, with a little bit better of a line and kind of more, more of the the share of the offense there. And I mean, largely, I would say that that game, you know, on the offensive side of the ball was, you know, he was a, a massive, probably the most important element from a skills possession. I'm not talking about from the, from the line, but, uh, but yeah, it was great to see that. And then, um, you know, sauce just continues to, play well I mean right you look at the I get it you know Skylar Thompson it's it's hard to be um you know like too uh you know like uh, you know think too too much about like it's not like two was out there playing but you know Tyreek Hill uh, what did he have in terms of uh in terms of 47 yards yeah 47 yards on seven catches you know he got all his targets so good for him 
but you know, th- there just was not a lot, um, you know, other that, that he could get done or the rest of the offensive could do really the only thing that seemed to work for them. And I'm curious what you think about why, why it worked, um, was Raheem Mostert, right? Who he ended up actually with 113 yards on the day, which, you know, credit to him, but on 18 carries. So, you know, just about a little over five yards a carry. Um, but do you think that was something the Jets were just giving to the Dolphins, you know, in terms of taking away the Tyreek Hills or what, what precipitated Raheem Mostert going off for over 100 yards, Travis? Lack of size in the middle of the line. It was the one thing I was really pissy about in free agency, in the draft, everything. Uh, I couldn't be, but so pissy because we added so much good in the draft, especially. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I felt like that was something we had a lot of opportunities to get. Losing Fadakasi, you know, it really took a lot of uh, the – the heft off of that line. And I, I get it. You know, that's what we did was really kind of in line with Ulbrich and, and Robert Sala's scheme, you know, speed. Uh, we definitely got a lot more speed, but that's one of the problems. I mean, when you're, when you're trying to get aggressive with a four man rush, uh, you know, and you don't have that size in the middle, you're, you're going to get burned sometimes. And that's really what they were doing. If you look back, like we were getting burned right up the middle, and uh, that's that's what it boils down to. And uh, finally, they kind of changed their package because they were running with Will Parks um, and kind of a big nickel. And then they uh, they put in a linebacker instead, uh, probably three quarters of the way through the third quarter when we finally started adjusting. Um, I was getting very <laughs> angry in the third quarter. Um, and but when they did, you notice like I mean, granted, also they were starting to get a little more behind, so they were going to be throwing the ball more. Um, but at the same time, he was really limited after that. So I think it really yeah. just boils down to the way they've built the defensive line. Okay. So that, yeah, that that's going to be a problem. And we can talk a little bit about that at the end when we think about who the Jets are about to face. But um, Josh, what did you think about seeing some actual blitzes uh, yesterday? What was your, what was your thought about that? I, I thought I was having a stroke. I couldn't believe we were going to get pressure on the quarterback <laughs> with more than just the four guys up front. Um, I mean that just starting off with sauce in the, in the first quarter, like that, that play really set the tone. You get a safety early and you just feel like, man, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bully these guys today. Um, that felt really, really good. felt like a really aggressive game plan. I wonder if in these first four weeks, if Sala and, and uh, their team, the team of coaches saw something in just Mike McDaniel's offense and felt like they could exploit it with a lot of pressure. Um, and then, you know, once it's down to your third string quarterback, it feels like just go after that guy and he's probably not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, able to progress and reset himself outside the pocket and make timely throws, which he really wasn't. Um, and so I feel like, you know, the the conventional wisdom might be sit back and let him make mistakes. But um, I love the aggressiveness of of the play scheme. It felt like felt like that scheme coming in was we're going to get after the quarterback no matter who's back there. Um, and even when they, when they made that switch over, they didn't they didn't change tactics. And so, and that was that was just refreshing. It feels like, you know, obviously getting just having guys like Carl Lawson back and having um, mm-hmm. having some guys coming off the edge that can make a play get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, some of it's personnel, but some of it was definitely scheme. And so that shifted scheme, obviously, like contributed pretty majorly to, to a to a pretty convincing victory. So. I hope it continues. You know, I don't know if that works really well against Aaron Rodgers, um, who is a, a pretty accomplished quarterback in the NFL. Um, that that might be a different tactic that they take next week. But um, I am I am pretty hopeful that um, this this new wrinkle that 
Robert Sala is unleashing defensively um, could become a, a real option for us going forward. A lot more blitz packages. Um, and it was, it was inventive. It was different. It wasn't always the same up the middle. Um, I feel like he was switching inside and out, um, getting pressure from some different angles. So um, that was, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And then uh, it worked. And so hopefully it continues. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think, yeah, hopefully the positive reinforcement is something that, yeah, gives them, reasons to to use some of that again i think to your point right like you know you're not gonna fool aaron Rodgers on um you know blitz or kind of disguising blitzes and things like that um so so right so yeah at some point they're gonna face quarterbacks in the remainder of the season where it's just gonna be a pure function of like you know his and what, what's the old like i can't remember who the coach was like you know his and versus urine uh like not urine not urine like yours yours and yeah i know i can't, it's a terrible phrase but the like you're going to just have to go like is your talent is your team more talented than their team um you can't always disguise it away uh but yeah i think you're right based on travis based on the way this group is kind of formed up like they're going to become a little bit of a run trap team where they're going to kind of invite players into those situations right but what you hope for is that I mean, it just felt like every play, like Raheem Mostert touched the ball. When you're watching it live, you're like, this guy's, he just got another 10 yards, just got another eight yards, like just got another 20 yards. Like what, what happens? But then, right. When you look at it in the long scheme of the whole game, you know, it's only, uh, you know, only uh, over a hundred yards on roughly 20 carries. So it's like, eh, you know, okay, like that's fine. I guess I'll take it in the balance. Um, but we're we still talking about P. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've completely lost it. Uh, but when you I'm think kidding. about, we've covered we've covered both ends of the fecal uh, spectrum yes. on this podcast in the last Hell three, yeah. the last three weeks. Bristol and like, what's your dehydration color? Yeah. Um, but the so the the other thing is like, what happens when you play not Raheem Mostert, but you play Aaron Jones or you play AJ, AJ Dillon? Like, what happens if that's your defensive kind of? set up when you when you play Aaron Rodgers so I, I don't know like is is this a situation where they're just going to get destroyed by the Green Bay running backs coming up this weekend or I don't know can they can they make yeah. adjustments in the linebacking group to to limit that I'm I'm a little nervous about it obviously it's gonna it's gonna come down I mean those those two guys are I'm, no shade to Raheem Mostert but mm-hmm. you know those those two guys combined I think in a lot of ways mirrors what we have in our backfield, um, maybe just a little mm-hmm. bit differently. Um, but I feel like, you know, that one, two punch long drives, Aaron Rodgers making some plays this is going to be a completely different field. They're coming off a pretty bad loss um, in London to the giants. I don't think they, that they feel particularly great about that either. Um, and if, if, you know, if they take one or two looks even quickly through the game film, they're going to see how exploiting they can be with their run game, especially up the middle against this small defensive line as Travis is talking about. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I don't know what you can do. I mean, it's going to take a gargantuan effort out of Quan and Carl and CJ to like, just keep those guys even, even slightly contained. Um, but if we're giving up 117 to Raheem Mostert, it doesn't make me feel too optimistic about what we might be looking at uh, this coming mm-hmm. weekend. Not having Quincy, that's another thing. I didn't bring that up. Like, like having, yeah. having uh, Quincy Williams up. I mean, he he is hard hitting, especially with with running backs that aren't going north south. And uh, well, I mean, even when they are going north south. Uh, 
I, I think he's our best uh, best run coverage linebacker, in in my opinion. And not having him really kind of showed this week, and I think it'll show next week, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, um, you know, he, as you say, like, I mean, he flies to the ball, and regardless of whether he's going to make you know, the perfect form tackle or not, like, or completely whiff, (laughs) right. Or completely whiff regardless. I think he, the way he plays the game is one in which like it forces the offense to like react to him. Even if, right. Even if he's not going to like make contact on a play or like the way he, you know, knocks a blocker off their block. Like he's that sort of player where, you know, it doesn't always show up in the, in the, the game log or, you know, whatever the box score. Um, but the way in which he, you know, pushes players to react to whatever the hell he's doing um, creates more opportunities for the next guy to wrap up. So, right. What, you know, what might have been an eight yard gain, you know, becomes a, you know, four or five yard gain because, you know, he knocked the blocker off and that allowed, you know, either him to get free or someone else to get, more quickly to the the ball carrier and just yeah I don't really know how to what metric there is for that he's like um, the Jose Canseco of linebackers only yes. not the only not the steroid thing it's like right, he's either going to hit a home yeah. run or he's going to completely yes. whiff but you have you to you have to sit there and go if he hits a home run it's not going to be good right. like <laughs> you're more worried about that than him whiffing right. although half the time he's going to whiff right yeah so so I think but I, I do think that it does get it, it's that reactive nature that he causes, um, you know, so, you know, so that's, so that's something. And then I also think, right. The other, in ter- terms of injuries and stuff, um, also Jermaine Johnson, you know, who's been having a good season so far as a rookie, um, you know, he came out, I think that it was, uh, and an he's ankle been great the run too. Yeah. He's been great. And so mm-hmm. I think that was part of it too. I can't remember when he came out of the game, uh, like at what point that was. Um, but it was, you know, maybe halfway through the game, something like that. So, um, so, uh, you know, having those two players, you know, out of the game is certainly, uh, you know, concerning when you're, when you're going to face um, a team with, with a pretty good running game. Um, uh, we, we talked about green Bay, uh, hey, uh, before we look at start peeking a little too far ahead, you know, so the Jets have Green Bay and then they have Denver. Um, and I, I guess I don't know what's going to happen in these games, but I think the the minimum that I would say is uh, I think I just wrote off those games, you know, three weeks ago or whatever. It was like, you know, not wins, losses, yeah. road games, clear losses. And I'm not saying the Jets are going to win either of these games, but I feel like this could be a much more competitive uh, double, like whatever double road game here against Denver, who clearly is just trying to find answers. Also lost Javante Williams. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. is, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and his offense is not what the fireworks that everybody thought. Maybe it will become it. And I think they will get it sorted out, but it's not that right now. I mean, and Russell was, you know, obviously, um, sloppy enough that he was using the same signals and same calls that he was using when he was in Seattle. Like he didn't update any of that. So like the other team, like knew. I don't know if you saw it, like Tyler Lockett in that first oh, yeah. game, he was like, he's using the same signals. He's using the same signals he used with us. So then he started telling the defense what was happening. Right. And then they, you know, they were keying in on him. So like, there's a lot of work there, but, and then Aaron Rodgers, as you talked about, you know, they lose to the giants in a resurgent giants team, maybe, um, 
so yeah, I don't, how do you guys feel about the next couple games? And then let's talk about the next game and what's happening at the next game. Um, mm. In addition to what the Jets going to Green Bay. So yeah, mm. how are you feeling? Just kind of taking the temperature. How do you feel about the next two games on the road, Travis? Um, it's it's not insane to think that. First off, if if we had had Zach Wilson uh, all season, yeah. we could we could be we could have been five and zero based off of the way we played in those games and how close they were the two that we lost, and we could have been seven and zero looking back at this point, like when we go through those games because both of those games are definitely winnable games. Um, I, I think Denver definitely uh, really looks like a winnable game They're They're kind of a mess right now. It seems, uh, as you were alluding to, um, yeah. green Bay, like, as everyone said, Oh, they're going to be angry coming out of this. And Aaron Rodgers always sounds, already sounds angry, but he's already like making slights at the jets. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think a little bit of him is looking past it, trying to not look past, I don't know, but, uh, but they're yeah. both definitely winnable games. I mean, mm-hmm. neither of these teams are the juggernauts that we assumed they would be going into the season. Um, and I think we're a little better off in, uh, where these rookies, uh, are in their maturation point than I think any of us really thought, uh, they'd be as well. So I, I think, uh, I definitely think these are two winnable games. I think that we, uh, we have the opportunity for this team to, to be five and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Josh? Yeah. I, I would, I mean, even if you expand out a little bit, look at the next five weeks. So we're going Green Bay, Denver. New England, the Bills, and then New England again. Like that's another three and two stretch to me. I feel like, I feel like mm-hmm. there's three winnable games in there. Like the Broncos are not, and the way Russ Wilson's playing right now, yeah. um, that Thursday night game was one of the hardest football games I've ever had to watch, and I've been a Jets fan my whole life. Um, <laughs> it was brutal. Um, Somebody sent me a thing and said, uh, "Oh, let Russ cook," and it was a picture of Russ like burning uh, spaghettios <laughs> on top of bologna. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, would you let Russ, Russ cook in your kitchen? I don't think so. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no. So that, I mean, that that game, I mean, that's the one I'm circling. Is like, that's the most winnable game to me right now is the Denver game. But you could you could tell me that we we beat the Patriots once or twice. I don't know that we're beating the Bills. I, I don't think we're there yet. I don't want to be crazy. But, you know, even, even the losses we're looking at from earlier in the season, like that Ravens loss, I don't know if we're winning that game, rookie – you know, a, a big rookie driven team um, with a backup quarterback felt like that was not going to be winnable, even if it was with Zach and maybe it's closer, but that Bengals game was certainly winnable, um, especially yeah. the way that these guys are playing now. And I feel like, you know, it feels like so much of football comes down to as a team mentality of what's our identity. And it feels like this team is becoming like a Robert solid team, which is play really good, hard nosed defense and run the ball. Um, and so, man, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling frisky going into these games, feeling like, we could be a little bit more than midway through the season and staring down six and four, or maybe even seven and three um, feels crazy. And maybe, maybe that's a little bit of our optimism, what we've seen, but you know, green Bay just lost to a not incredible giants team, a, an enthusiastic giants team with a good running game. Like why, why couldn't we beat them um, this coming yeah. Sunday? Um, then going into Denver and those two Patriot games, those feel very winnable to me. So I'd love to come out of this going three and two. Um, but even if we come out at two and three, I, I would think we would all say we're still ahead of the curve of where we thought this young roster would be midway through the season. So, um, you know, looking, you know, looking back at, at maybe one or two wins we could have had as well. 
Um, and then looking forward at maybe three or four wins we're staring down. Like, guys, it's not crazy to think that this team has formed its identity. Um, they feel really good and really confident. And so why can't they go go into Denver and Green Bay and come out of that one and one or two and two and oh? So I'm feeling optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's lots of reasons to there's. Yeah. A lot, I mean, as we've talked about for the last two years, you know, this has been a young team. Um, you know, which has helped them kind of, you know, build and build depth and, you know, add on top of. And so, right. So the, the offensive, you know, line starts to, even if you don't have all your guys there starting to figure it out and right, you get Dwayne Brown back uh, or not back, you get him. Um, you know, it, this, this, the team starts to, starts to take a shape. Um, Brees Hall's understanding the offense. Zach Wilson is understanding his role a little bit more. Although like there are still, a, we're still seeing some Zach plays. So like, I can't get out of this podcast without saying like, Hey, played well, large parts of the game, but there are other points where like, you know, you see him um, like paper, you know, George Plimpton paper lining, like back towards the goalpost. And you're like, just, yeah, just get out of the pocket and throw away or take a six yard sack instead of a 20 yard sack, please. Like, mm-hmm. can you please do that? Like, so that, that stuff like still like, drives me a little crazy. Um, and like, I get, I under fully understand that I tilt or I get triggered on like those things and that's fine. And, you know, either he'll figure it out or, or he won't, but I think he'll figure it out. But then the other thing is like, I'm sure you guys saw this too. There was a play where he was booting to the left and there was a guy downfield. I can't remember who he actually threw to, but Cor- I believe Corey Davis was like in the flat and like he was like motioning, like throw me the ball. Like there was plenty mm-hmm. of space. It was about like a, it felt like two or three second window where he could have let it go and it would have been at the first down or just past the first down. And so instead of taking the sure thing to the short receiver, like, you know, running a drag or whatever, he goes deep down the line. Oh, it was, it was, it was a Zoma who was right in front of him. It would have been for a first down, but he threw deep two for Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. With, with, with Zoma right in front of him. And it was like, dude, all you got to do is just pop and you got a first down, but he went downfield to Elijah Moore. Yeah. That's what, uh, yeah. I I don't know if it was a Zoma or Corey Davis. I have to go back and look, but anyway, either way, it's like sure thing. First down versus like you know yeah i could get 20 or 30 yards on this play and he goes for the the lower percentage throw and it's like un- that's the thing to me like where you've got Brees hall in place who can you know carry more of the load for them um and until he can you know just know i'm taking this like this is a this is an 80 percent completion as opposed to the 25 percent completion like until he does that like we're going to have these kind of fits and starts, but, but I'm just saying more progress, more good things, but, you know, still not without a couple plays that you're just like, Oh man, like, please learn, please learn this. Please learn this for, for everyone's yeah, he, good. He troubles me in his second and third reads at points like it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I get it. Like, it's it's funny though. It seems like he has he has more trouble in his second and third reads when he's an RPO when mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a problem. Um, than he does when he's just in the pocket. Yeah. And, and like, there is clearly progress. There's clearly progress, but yeah, we just, I think like for him to be the player who everybody wants him to be, like, that's the next thing he has to unlock. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, you, you look at the, you look at the kind of who's standing from the class last year, like, and I, I'm not trying to like, you know, whatever, throw shade on, 
players that are injured or whatever, but like, I mean, he's playing better than Trevor Lawrence. Like that's for mm-hmm. sure. Justin Fields. Uh, and he's de- definitely playing better than Justin Fields. And he's, I mean, and even in what we saw of Mac Jones, Mac this Jones, year, like mm-hmm. it, was it Mac Jones last year or was it his offensive coordinator last year? And I think like, mm, we can probably say unless he comes back from this back injury and he's a different player, like it was probably his, you know, McDaniels who was, you know, making it work for him. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, you know, things are looking good. Like things are looking good. Um, I think the next, right. the next thing, the next thing I want to see out of Zach is kind of what you see, what you see, what like there's a difference to me between running quarterbacks and mobile quarterbacks. Mobile quarterback isn't necessarily just going to get out of the pocket and run like Lamar or Kyler. Like mobile quarterback is is like an Aaron Rodgers who gets out of the pocket, resets resets the pocket outside. Yeah. And so if we're going to boot you to the outside and then you reset your feet and then go through your progressions, that's as soon as he seems to bail on the pocket is when he goes right into scramble mode, which is what we don't right. need. We don't need you in scramble mode trying to make a play with your feet or scat man. running around he like Tyler. I'm a scat man. I took that song one time. One of my sous chefs, he had like a, uh, you know, kind of like a, uh, a, a, a sexy playlist for him and his girlfriend. Mm. And I used air quotes. Oh, sexy time. And uh, he, left the Spotify, in my, he left in the Spotify open. Yeah, I totally slid that in there, and he said that uh, he was he was uh, he was having some 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 alone time one night. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that came I'm on. a scat man. I'm adding it to the playlist oh, for the weekend, boys. Road trip. Uh, <laughs> that is that is def- that is a deflationary event. That's a deflationary event. Um, yes, you're oh, correct. Uh, apparently. <laughs> okay, hey, we got two things to get you before we go. Okay, number one. Guys, where are we going next weekend? Travis, John, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, we. This is official. We have tickets to yep. the game. We have we have um, uh, flights. You know, like you know, record locators. Uh, we, we. I need to figure out a car and uh, and where the heck we're staying because we're definitely not staying in Green Bay. I tell details. you that. The Just prices details. are ridiculous. Those are details. <laughs> uh, they, we're guys, and, and this is how we plan a trip. But we're going to Green Bay next weekend. So if you are going to Green Bay next weekend and you're listening to this podcast and yep. you want to get up with us, please reach out. Like DM us. Or, uh, you know, we'd love to get a brat or you know eat some curds or whatever whatever oh, yeah. some my whiskey because you know i'm gonna stop at like duty free or whatever at the airport and roll in with duty. like we're not, wisconsin. The we're not leaving the country wisconsin I wisconsin qualifies I don't, think, I don't think the milwaukee airport has a duty free yeah you're right i don't think it's a thing <laughs> the two the two pop culture wise i mean we're talking jeffrey dahmer and the the Making a murderer guy in Manitowoc. So those, this is like leaving the country. In, you guys do know that, that Miller High Life is made in Milwaukee. I might oh, get lost. Oh <laughs> boy, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some ponies. Um, here's yeah. the deal. If if and I'm gonna do some research. If there is mm. just like that general traveling Jets fandom thing, like we want to hang with other Jet fans while we're there. Yes. So um, you know, beyond even just listeners to this, if anybody has the 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 key to unlock the door of where jet fans on the road hang out um we want to be in that room with other jet fans being as obnoxious as we possibly can um all all weekend long so hit us up are you guys wearing right. jerseys what 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 jerseys we rock no i need i might need to borrow one from you can you pack an extra one for me because i had I got, a, I, 
I had a Wayne Trebet jersey that I gave away. Uh, and, so what? What, what uh, size? What size are you? What size are you? I'm what an size? XL. You? I'm an XL. All right. So I got. I got a. I got a Bryce Hall. I got a Ooh. Martin. Um, I've got yeah. a Mangold. Ooh, give me the Mangold. 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 Okay. Mangold, please. All right, I, yeah, that's mine. I, I think I'm going jacket and hat. I think I think I'm I'm going to go jersey list for this one. You know, but... I'm actually just going to bring Brian my uh, Laurent Landry jersey, right? <laughs> yes, yes, please, yes, please. We'll still wear. And people that like, if you're wearing a Laurent Landry jersey at this point, people will just be like, oh, like they feel bad. They would feel bad for you. Like it, you see oh, people did in your mom get that for you at Goodwill, right? Do I? It's like, yeah. You just feel bad because you're like, they're just so out of touch, right? Like, it's not, this isn't even hipster. This is just like someone who bought a jersey and they just, they're not going to buy another one. That's yeah. what I would see. Yeah. My, my, my mother in law famously about nine years ago uh, <laughs> bought, me, bought me a signed Yankee jersey and she had no idea. She was at an auction thing. It was, it, it's his exact story. It's a Mike Myers who was a relief pitcher for the, for the Yankees. <laughs> Middle relief pitcher. Come so in good. and he would give up the worst home runs in the postseason. And it's hanging. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it is oh. behind, it is sitting in my basement because I don't want to hang up a Mike Myers jersey in my house. I'm pretty sure I've still got a, a, a Jeff Favre somewhere. She got a deal. Yeah, a Jet Favre. Oh, baby. Yeah, if you can rock the Favre, the Jet Favre, I think people in Green Bay. Bay. (laughs) Oh, either they would love you or they would hate you. I bet it's definitely a conversation starter. If you're looking to start a conversation, (laughs) that is the jersey to wear. I think I will pack that one. (laughs) I'm gonna have to uh, eBay this week. Maybe I'll find something fun. That's a good idea. Um, all right, now before we go, we have to do our trivia. So, Josh, what do you got for us for trivia? Let's he's got the book, he's cracking it open. Cracking it open. I need someone to, to lose choose, again. Choose between the '80s and the '90s, please. Someone make a choice. I, I know what Travis is going to choose. Travis will. I, I'm going to choose this, so Travis gets to make the other choice because Travis will obviously choose the '80s. So go ahead, take the '80s. Let's go. All right. Right. Travis <laughs> loves the '80s. Travis would be on the VH1 show. I love the '80s. He's mm-hmm. like a. He's like an '80sologist. So yes. Pretty give close. Me, give me a number between one and fifty-nine. Whoa! Uh, Lots of options in the eighties. One and fifty-nines. Let's go. Leverfeld, 40, forty-one. Really a big, forty-one. Yeah, a forty-one. Eighties Jets fan. Clearly, clearly. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's your question: What position did Joe Walton play during his NFL career? Joe Walton. Joe Walton. Joe Walton. Um, oh my gosh! Uh, I'm gonna say I don't know the answer to this. If I I'm can just help say you, defensive line. I'm just gonna say defensive oh, well, hold line. On. Let me do this. So he was 5'10", 195 pounds. He was a DN, wasn't he? Because he was also he was a coach. But that was like the like the 50s or 60s. Yeah, right? he, like yeah, like I, he played well before my time, but he was a five foot point. ten. 195 pound tight yes. end. Really? Oh, no. Oh, no. Why wow. a tittle famously called him the best third down receiver, bar none. Wow. Tight end. It was a Wes Welker. Here comes wow. Joe Walton. Okay. Man, did not know. This. Another one? You want another one, real quick? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Go, let's, let's go 90s and give me a number between 67 and 83. Mm. 
76. 76. Uh, what team did the Jets beat 41-3 to in Bill Parcell's debut as the team's coach? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, the Patriots. I don't know. I'm just going to say the Patriots because my, my, my odds are higher. I'll yeah. say this. Neil O'Donnell threw five touchdown passes in this game. Arizona? That's close. It's the right division. It was the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Neil, Neil O'Donnell, five touchdown passes. Jets won 41-3. to That was also the last time the Jets scored 40 points until this week, I believe. Whoa. Wow. That oh, is really um, true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? That feels like it should uh, be the case. It a long time ago. It, but it has been a long time. But yeah, it could be. The fact that it was we, we even marginally even possible. Win. We haven't even had a division win in two years. So, like, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. It's like, it's like the first couple of years when you're, a, when you're like, a parent and you just, like, it's like, I don't even remember anything. I like, don't remember anything. I didn't sleep. So, it's like, that's what the last couple of years have felt like as a fan. It's true. Yeah, I'm out of brain cells. You guys know me, so. Yeah. So, he's not a so he's not a, a, a five foot ten. <laughs> Uh, 185 pound defensive <laughs> tackle. Is that what you're telling imagine, me? Imagine, imagine running oh, out of 5'10", 195 pound tight end. Oh, in dude, that's like, that's like Rudy stuff. That's like Rudy <laughs> stuff. Even in the 50s, Rudy that's Rudy too. stuff. Yeah, that's Rudy. Uh, all right. Well, this is it. This is the end of the show. Um, Travis, you cannot. I, I don't know if you're checking a bag. If you're checking a bag, you can bring as many liquids as you want. I'm sure. But no, otherwise, not checking a bag. Bringing, Okay, then you're going to have to, like, basically boil down your whiskey to, like, Ooh. you know, whatever, 2.3 ounces. Uh, yeah, like, a, bring a paste. To rehydrate. Uh, hydrate. We can, yeah, we can reconstitute behind, behind it. my ear, like, Musgrove last yeah. night. <laughs> that was shady. Sorry, that was, that was, uh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, that was sweat. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was sweat. I'm sure it was sweat. Uh, no problem. I, but anyway, so, yeah. I was really you hoping will... my Dodgers were going to play the Mets, but... Oh. Such luck. Oh well. Uh, but so thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to write uh rate and review the podcast. Um, if you are going to Green Bay, please reach out. We would love to catch up with you um at one of the four bars in Green Bay. I'm sure they have four, maybe not more, but probably four. Um, or one of the 700 cheese curd establishments. That would be delicious. Mm. Um, so thank you. Everybody have a great week. We will see you. I don't know when we're going to take next week. We might have to take next week off because, number one, we might be hungover. And then, number two, we might all be in the air. So, I don't know how we're going to do this. Let's we'll take, try and do it. Oh, we could do a post game potentially. Do a Tuesday. Little, little yeah, live. we could do a post game. We could just podcast. do a post game. I love Fuck it. it. We'll, yeah, do it we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. I mean, the, the the audio quality of it will be worse than normal, but we, I think that's a great idea after maybe while we're driving in the car back from the stadium or, yeah, sitting around a uh, – a barren table in Jeffrey Dahmer's old apartment uh, in Milwaukee. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. What's, what's um, the over under on the amount of times I sing the Laverne and Shirley theme song? <laughs> I think, I think if we can get one, one, if we can find one person to come hang out with us and we'll just throw on the exorcist part three and a CD television set in the <laughs> bedroom, <laughs> like Jeffrey Dahmer. No boy. No play that Casey in the sunshine band song. Oh, scary, scary. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, listeners. We will see you next week. Adios. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.